This episode of MBSing is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They asked me not to read an ad, so I'm just going to thank them for their constant friendship and support. Enjoy the show. I do my head toss, check my nails. Baby, how you feeling? Hello, welcome to MBSing. I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. My guest today is Frank Spiro, and he talks to me about his love of New Orleans sports. He relocated to New Orleans as a college student and kind of fell in love with the city and its franchises, its franchise players, and everything that kind of pops up surrounding those two main pro sports teams, the Pelicans and Saints. He actually currently writes for the Pelicans Sports Illustrated affiliate site, which is very cool. We get into a little discussion about that towards the end. And he's also very excited about the five-game winning streak that the Saints are on currently. That I misremembered when I started this and said they were off to a bad start. Seems like they're doing okay to me. Thank you so much for bearing with me bringing up Major League Baseball and the NHL as many times as I do, as those are more my fortes when it comes to the professional sports arena. But I think that's what leads to us talking about the newly renamed New Orleans Baby Cakes Minor League Baseball team. So you didn't miss out on that. I met Frank earlier this year working on a show with recent guest Matt Manning called Sad Clown. We both got invited to be a part of that cast by Matt. And Frank is a current student at the Harold Ramis Film School, so we touch on that a couple of times in this conversation as well. If you're looking for insight on that program, Frank is your guy. If you would like to see a live show here in Chicago, you can come to the Annoyance Theater any Thursday night at 9.30 to see improv from the fishbowl. We allow students of any of the programs here in Chicago or universities here in Chicago to put their student ID into our fishbowl, get the opportunity to play with some annoyance teachers, veterans, otherwise performers, and then my team, Sight Unseen, closes out the show each week. I don't think I have any other pressing live shows to plug, so if you like this, I encourage you to check out Frank's pieces on The Bird Rights and to keep an eye out for his Harold Remus projects. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the show. <laughs> uh, you said you were writing before you got here. Are you working on a, a script for film school? I am, yeah. Uh, I was revising a pilot that I wrote. Nice. Yeah. I'm assuming that's for a specific assignment no. to write a pilot. It's kind of, uh, there aren't that many specific assignments in the school. It's just like by the end of the year. Wow, that sounds impossible. Yeah, it <laughs> is. That sounds so daunting. It is. We have a class tomorrow that every week you're supposed to come in with 10 new pages. <laughs> wow, so that's why you were writing today? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. But okay. also Tuesday is like my day where I can write. Gotcha, gotcha. So I, I caught you 
had a good time. Absolutely. But also taking away. Maybe this will help keep your creative juices flowing. If yeah. You have some more writing to do after we chat. I'm in. That sounds great. <laughs> Halfway through this pilot, they're just going to start talking about football. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You get back and it's just all you can think about and you just scrap everything you got. Totally. It's uh, sports night. It's just you rewrite <laughs> sports night. <laughs> well, my guest today is Frank Spiro, and he's going to be talking to me about New Orleans sports. That's right. I love that because I actually had an inkling that you might talk about New Orleans because I know it's close to your heart as like the place you were pre-Chicago and uh, I did not know about the sports connection so that makes me pumped. What's the origin of your love for New Orleans sports? I think my origin of love for the New Orleans sports uh, comes from the idea that it's like such a microcosm of what New Orleans is. Ooh, okay. Uh, Like it's Really incredible how supportive and into sports everyone in New Orleans is. I love that. Yeah. I think that there's something really fun about rooting for sports in New Orleans where it doesn't matter if the team is doing poor or well. Everyone's still like, love them. That's the best. Yeah. I get really, I'm a pretty big sports fan as I think we've talked at least baseball before. And I get really bummed out by markets like a Tampa Bay where sometimes they can have great teams and they still don't care. There's just no fan base there. And New Orleans definitely does seem like totally any weather fans, they're there. Oh, yeah. And it's crazy because it's actually one of the smallest markets in sports. Wow. Yeah. Well, there was a Final Jeopardy question recently that was – which city recently came back into the top 50 most populous in the U.S.? Uh, you know, after it had dropped out in <laughs> a year after Katrina hit. Sure. You know, obviously that wasn't the question, but I was like, oh, it's New Orleans. It's got to be because, uh-huh. like, what other city would still be coming back? So I'm sure that has so much to do with it as well. I know a lot of the colleges and college franchises were having to kind of uh, move into other spaces around there. Yeah. You know, New Orleans is it's interesting because it's only the population hovers around like 300,000. Wow, that is really small. Yeah, uh, but there's over a million people in the city at any given time just because tourism is so huge there. Wow, wow, wow. So the actual population is really small, but on a day-to-day basis, it's like three times that. Exactly. That's wild. Yeah, and I think that like uh, tourists to New Orleans have kind of like a, a giddy shame about New Orleans. Okay. If that makes any sense. So they love the city, but at the same time, they know what it is. <laughs> yeah, like tourists in New Orleans are like, when they talk about New Orleans, they're like, oh, you gotta go to New Orleans. Right. You know? <laughs> Bourbon Street. <laughs> right. Man. You're gonna get like, you're not gonna talk about what happens when you're in New Orleans. Like, right. Uh, and I think that uh, the people who live in New Orleans, um, kind of embrace that in a way that's not like giddy shame but like shameless oh cool yeah. Do, so you think their day-to-day activities and like lifestyles kind of reflect the yeah i think people are just uh more genuine Ooh, yeah. i love that and you think that also bleeds into crowds at stadiums and things like that 
Yeah, I think crowds at stadiums, like the Saints have gone seven and nine for three straight seasons. Oh my gosh. Right. That's not not good. No. Mediocre. Absolutely. But we still have the same head coach and the same quarterback and everyone in New Orleans still loves them. Loves them, them yeah. lives and dies. But I had no concept that they had been below 500 for three years <laughs> this yeah. truly this year i was like Oof, saints are doing so well huh no they're doing the same they've done the last few years and actually this year we've been doing way better we've won five straight which is like whoa insane. okay then i i just haven't been following well five straight <laughs> is yes very good very good but online, maybe it was that they got a rocky start yeah and but like online people aren't like yeah the saints are doing well this year everyone's like it's a really magical thing going on right now (laughs) (laughs) they're like this is our time this is our time like something really special is happening with this team (laughs) i love that oh my god i really love that optimism me too i love it and i believe it i totally believe it great so you're every sunday sitting down trying to watch that game totally okay you're hook line and sinker hook line and sinker for the saints and i also so far this season have watched every single pelicans game no way that is dedication yeah Yeah. as a baseball fan hats off because it's still like a half of a baseball season yeah. of basketball games. <laughs> <laughs> basketball season is so long, and it's still only a half of a baseball season. Yeah. 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 They play every day. Biggest difference. Yeah. It's every day for so long. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the MLB's new motto, every day for so long. <laughs> I'm sure that fans would respond very well to that. <laughs> How are the Pelicans starting? Pelicans are doing okay. They just had a bad loss. Uh, but... You know, we're doing this thing that no other team in the NBA is doing, which is we got two big men who are the best big men in the league. Got, oh, wow. Yeah, AD and uh, Boogie Cousins, Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins. Okay, Anthony Davis, I know who that is because he has the big eyebrows. That that's right, like a he's, the brow. <laughs> he's the brow. He's the brow. Do you think that's why they got him? Because it was the Pelicans' wings just cresting across his brow? It's perfect. <laughs> I... <laughs> Can't think of any other reason. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's. I'm sure he's very good at being a big man in basketball. He's very good at being a big yeah. man in basketball. That is 100% what he's good at. <laughs> but not too much to speak of around those two guys? or Right, so they're our best players. Uh, and then we also have Drew Holiday, who we just signed to a big contract, who... Some people think he's very good. Some people don't think he's good. Okay. Uh, big question mark. Okay. Um, and then we have some people that we, we signed and are kind of taking risks on. Ooh. Yeah. At least you didn't, you know, buckle down on Derrick Rose or somebody like that. That's true. That's true. I think people were scared that we might for a second. <laughs> I could see that happening, honestly. Uh, he seems like the kind of player who a team like or a franchise like the Pelicans would try to Oh yeah. bet on. Oh, yeah. And... That bet was going to be a bust. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I have an interesting relationship with the Pelicans only in that I grew up just south of Charlotte. So for a while, I was like, oh, wait, the Hornets are in New Orleans now. And I like it was like hard for me to follow. But the Bobcats came back and then everybody got their franchise names back. And I think it's for the best. Well, the Pelicans are the ones who did it. The Pelicans were like, listen, you guys are the Hornets. We'll give you back the Hornets name. And then, you know, we collectively turned our heads to Utah 
which is our uh, team that left. Oh. And then the Utah Jazz were like, no, we're not giving the name back. <gasps> no way. Yeah. I didn't, I mean, that makes perfect sense because why the hell is there a Jazz in Utah? That's so funny. Man, they're like, no thanks. We're keeping the Jazz. Yeah. And uh, the the way that New Orleans sports work is it's all owned by one man. <gasps> no way. Yeah. Oh, this is crazy. His name is Tom Benson. He's 92 years old, I think. Uh, remarried someone in 2004. Oh, okay. Um, and <laughs> is planning or was planning on leaving both the Saints and the Pelicans to the person that he remarried. And his kids sued him. <gasps> oh, my god! Yeah, and it actually just got settled very recently. No way. Yeah. I don't know exactly what the settlement is. But it's insane that these two teams that are like, at the heart of New Orleans culture are right. owned by this guy who like in a in a in a hearing they asked him who and like who the star player of the oh Pelicans was and he didn't know gosh. Anthony Davis's name that is really interesting because i'm sure that was part of the case i'm sure that his kids attorneys were like okay if this guy really doesn't know anything then we're gonna make the jury like really hate him for not i mean i know that now i know that piece of information as not a basketball fan uh certainly not i've never even been to new orleans that's my uh these are my confessions uh hey it's okay everybody's (laughs) got to go for the first time once right yeah Ooh, i love that Uh i can't wait Absolutely. I'm just coming up with new mottos for the Pendleton <laughs> yeah. all over. Nora, everybody's got to come for the first time once. Yep. Uh, a little that. redundant, but I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what's nice about both of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every day for so long. <laughs> it's what makes a good motto. <laughs> come to New Orleans for the first time for the first time. <laughs> is, this a, is this a mistake on here? No, that was the copy that we went with. <laughs> so Tom Benson still owns the teams, but when he dies, they're now his kids' teams? Unclear. I don't totally okay. know. I okay. think there's some kind of settlement. Settlement's still going on. Yeah. So you're of the camp probably that's like, get this guy out of here. I am of the camp of whatever happens, happens. <laughs> and I think that's a really big part of New Orleans sports of like, you know what? Everything will be fine. Say la vie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I like about New Orleans sports is that you don't have to want things to happen. You just have to like that they're happening. <laughs> that's very funny and very, very endearing. I think so. I think that's what keeps me coming back to them. Uh, so what's the origin of your experience with New Orleans sports? Yeah, I... I moved around a lot. Um, I've lived, I was actually born here in Chicago. Wow. Yep. Uh, Moved to Maine, Boston, Georgia, and then went to college in New Orleans and stayed in New Orleans. Gotcha. Um, And I've always really loved sports, but you know, it's kind of hard to have a team. Yeah, if you're that transient. Yeah. Yeah. And when I was in Boston, I kind of like attached myself to the Red Sox and the Patriots. And it's like, who wants it. to? Yeah, no. who wants to be a fan of the Patriots? No, oh, it, it's, it's truly anyone who's a fan of those teams who doesn't actually have ties to like Boston and the New England area. Gross. It's terrible. Gross. Yeah, it's just yeah, really miserable. No. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you got all those Super Bowl rings, but at what cost? Exactly. At what cost? 100%. <laughs> <laughs> and then Boston's kind of the opposite. Or the, it's like the Red Sox, I mean, is like you you had to have suffered to actually enjoy the last couple, you know? It's true. Yeah. And I, I lived there in 04 and just like, fell in love of with course, that team. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. That team, I've done a whole episode of this podcast with a guy about those Boston Red Sox. Uh. And it was a joy. Like, as a, I've never really hated Boston. You know, I haven't been, I'm not a fan of another New England team so that they're like a rival. Um, they were just kind of, there. It's impossible not to love the like idiot 2004 yes. Red Sox. Yeah. Yes. And like, Pretty much fuck Kurt Schilling all around, but damn <laughs> if he did not put on a show in 2004. The bloody sock game. Bloody is sock. Crazy. That's crazy. Everyone knows what that is. That's how iconic the, that is. So if you lived there at the time, of course you got into it. I mean, I have a Cubs jersey now because I lived through last year's World Series, you know? <laughs> I didn't grow up here. I'm a Braves fan. But I will say, as soon as I moved here, I like started to kind of fall for the Cubs and follow them. They were real rebuilding. It was a very similar place as the Red Sox were in when they won. And it was like, it's the same people as the Red Sox when they won. Yeah. Which is like, yes. Yeah. Terry Francona, <laughs> Theo Epstein, like, come yeah. on. Like, all these people still around who, like, were a huge part of that series. You have to, it's just all part of the lore continues. Yeah, it's just yeah. like all the same people from like Red Sox teams past, like John yeah. Lester, John oh, Lackey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Just everybody. David Ross. Right. Like it's it's definitely, yeah, The fr- I didn't even think about that. It's like front office, it's players, it's all these guys who uh, still, yeah, there was a lot of talk about that last year that the, the curses being, trying to be conquered by people who had already beaten a curse quote unquote in 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 Boston before that. Yeah, that's really funny. So <laughs> so once you got out of Boston though, it's like okay. That's yeah. kind of a little behind me. Right. And then I went to and like especially like the the final the final straw was David Ortiz retiring oh. and then I was like I have no connection. Oh, that is perfectly understandable. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and and a guy like Ortiz too that the, as long as he was there you were going to love him and like, totally yeah 100% <laughs> love a team he played for and love every time Keenan Thompson played him on <laughs> SNL <laughs> um, that makes a lot of sense uh, you can shut the door I'm sure there will be a time in my life where that's how I feel about these Cubs I'm already kind of like a little annoyed with how the Cubs fan base watched these playoffs because there's so many people who are like, ugh, playoff hangover, right. championship hangover. They only made it to the NLCS. Ugh. They I, just... I went to a Cubs playoff game. Really? Yeah, it was the first Cubs game I'd ever gone to. My friend like came in town and had an extra ticket. That's wild. It was wild. And it was just like people in the stands were like stressed out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. Uh, they lost the first game. Maybe. I went to one where they won. Okay. Oh, you went to the, okay, okay. I went to like a, the. Then it was the first game at Wrigley. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily the first game of the series. Right. It It was the NLDS, Mm -hmm. not NLCS. Against the Washington Nationals. That's the one. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm glad you saw a game where they won. As a Braves fan, 
the Nationals are more of our current rivals sure. than, than any of the aforementioned teams. So I was actually pumped to see the Cubs take them down, even though it's very nitty-gritty. But the <laughs> Game 5 of that series, some terrible calls were made. The Nationals lost it pretty haphazardly. I did feel bad where that was concerned. But overall, <laughs> I was still happy to see the Cubs advance. Sure. Sure. Anyway, I'm sure there will be a time where I can kind of like cut the cord on <laughs> the team that I watched win the World Series last year and how jazzed I was about all those guys. And I, there will be my David Ortiz moment of like Chris Bryant or someone <laughs> like right. Anthony Rizzo retiring from baseball <laughs> right? a decade from now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's crazy because the Saints won in 2009 and people have not let it go at all. That's People love so it. Funny. And I love it too. It's great. Yeah. So you were in New Orleans for that too. No, I wasn't quite in New Orleans yet. Okay. Um, but the the attitude in New Orleans is still very much of like we want won a Super Bowl. Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> and it was eight years ago. Yeah. Like Sean Payton, Drew Brees, they're never leaving. Wow. Uh yeah. There's I love franchise players. Me too. I love it. I love the idea of like loyalty and building up a a whole team around it. And Drew too. Drew Brees is actually interesting because he didn't start with the Saints. He started That's with the Chargers. Right. And then he had this terrible shoulder injury and was like supposed to never be good again. Oh my god. And then we signed him and like he just was better than he's ever been. Wow. Um yeah. which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kinda like the perfect New Orleans story. Yeah, like picking up this guy who wasn't supposed to be good anymore. Yeah, I think the city of New Orleans is, like, misunderstood. Okay. Um, but they don't care that they're misunderstood. <laughs> they like it that way in a certain way. Okay, I like that. They uh, don't necessarily have a chip on their shoulder. No, they're totally fine being the city that nobody talks about and nobody wants to, you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, they have franchises from two of the major four sports, and they're Definitely still looked at as kind of an also ran in terms of coverage and things like that. Oh, yeah. People outside of New Orleans also like view New Orleans as like Las Vegas South. Of course. It's so many uh, things that you'd mentioned before. Uh, you know, what happens there stays there kind of right, inclinations. Totally. Yeah, but they're totally different. They're totally different. One actually has culture. Right. Period. <laughs> like, end of conversation. <laughs> yeah, one is just, you know, mall culture, and one is an actual city. Right. <laughs> one is like a magical type of, I don't know, wonderland place that is Mardi Gras. Uh, <laughs> and that's, the Pelicans right now have a bunch of players who are super misunderstood. Really? Oh, yeah, totally. In what way, just like misrepresented in the media or? Yeah. The, so last year we traded, we made this really huge trade for a player, DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who is really good. Uh-huh. Like, really good. Uh-huh. But like kind of loses his cool on the floor a lot uh-huh. and like yells and uh, gets a lot of technical fouls. Okay. And everybody in the media is like he's ter- like he's bad news. Like 
he'll never be on a winning team, yada, yada, yada. If he can't get his ego in check and blah, blah, blah. Right. Right. Uh, Meanwhile, he gives, like, more to charity and works with, like, more kids than, like, any other professional athlete. I think he actually just won an award for it. No way. Yeah. And Man. Yeah, and he's just this misunderstood guy, and I think that New Orleans really, like, has latched onto that and, like, loves him for it. Yeah. That's really cool. Uh, I think that sports media has a difficult challenge of kind of trying to weigh what happens on the court or on the field against what happens off of it. And I think it's really easy to dismiss players for what you see during games and their actions and uh, forget that these are just people. (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) You know, at their job, technically. (laughs) I think sports media has this really weird problem and, like, issue that they're going to have to face, which is, like, at the end of the day, if you're uh, a crazy big sports media dude... You're yelling and getting really upset about, like, a bunch of, like, 20-something men playing ball sports. Yes. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Which is kind of hard to, like, jump on the back of and be like, you're right. This is the thing that's important. Right. Yes. And I think it's especially frustrating when things are blown out of like you were discussing you know DeMarcus Cousins losing his cool during a game it's like okay so do you want the players to be passionate about what they're doing or do you want them to just go yes ref thank you ref and like sit down you know (laughs) like what kind of player do you want on your team right you want someone impassioned who maybe has trouble controlling that and uh and and seems to keep that on the court and not necessarily into his private life, you know? Or do you want someone who is just, like, con- a constant, you know, shaken bottle who's going to explode at any moment, regardless of where he is? Yeah, you got to see two different narratives play out. And I think that, I think one of the things that's crazy about sports, and actually what brings people to it, is that you get to have real-life villains in sports, you know? Yes, you get to, like, absolutely. hate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in a really strange way that like I don't know yeah releases something in you that you can't release in any other thing ever for sure um and you see someone like Kevin Durant who like left and free you know the Kevin Durant stuff a little he went to the Warriors, Warriors that's right. what I thought he was to a, an already dominant Warriors right he was on the team that was supposed to take down the Warriors and then he kind of blew blew the playoff game where right. they were gonna win they were up 3-1 and they lost and then that summer he went to the Warriors. Yeah, that's rough. It's rough. That's and rough. he was super vilified for it. And, like, he handled it super poorly. Really? Oh, God. There was this thing where uh, <laughs> he was responding to somebody's Twitter criticism. Oh. And he responded in the third person about, like, you know, I think Kevin Durant wanted to leave for this and this reason. And they, like, found out that he had made a fake Twitter account or something like right. that. Right. I heard about that. Yep. Oh, my God. That is so embarrassing. I totally forgot that happened. <laughs> yeah. He 
was trying to respond to criticisms from the perspective of someone else. Yep. Ugh. Yep. That is so rough. It's so rough. Man. Yeah, it's... You have to be able to sympathize for that situation, though. Because it's like, you don't know what got offered to Kevin Durant to go over to the Warriors. Right. He, guys just trying to look out for number one. Yeah. Is that a frustrating thing from a fan base perspective? Of course it is. Yeah. Of course it is. You know? And I'm sure Nationals fans far and wide will curse Bryce Harper when he inevitably goes to a higher paying team and leaves them behind, even though he was going to be their golden boy. You're just trying to speak that into existence now? I am, yep. yeah, pretty much. <laughs> on on the contrary, everyone else will be so mad at the Nationals for paying him $500 million for 10 years. Uh, <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> which is literally reportedly what he uh, requested the front office. That's insane. Yeah. there. It's... He will very likely be the largest, like, highest-paid athlete in sports within the next year to two years. Whoa. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's real. That's So am I speaking number. that into existence? Yes, I am. But also there's a lot of truth behind it. Sure. Either the Nationals are going to have to totally go all in and try to build a team around him and hold on to some of the pitching that they have – or he's going to be maybe here or in pinstripes in New York. They all go to New York. Yeah. 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 And I really fear the team that they already have with him in their lineup. <laughs> I keep bringing up baseball because it's like the sport that I know the best. And, you know, it's World Series, baby. And so it's just on my mind a lot. But there you also have love for... Uh, Minor league New Orleans baseball baby cakes. The New Orleans baby cakes. Yeah, I actually was leaving New Orleans right as they were as they were starting. Okay. Um, but I went to their home opener. Nice. Yeah, that's it was awesome. A ton of fun. I bet it was a blast. God, I love minor league baseball. Yeah, and it's just like one of those things where the city of New Orleans voted on the name of the baseball team, and that's how they got baby cakes. That's amazing. I love it. Yeah, I really love it. I think it's precious, yeah. and it's so. And everyone knows that reference. Like, if you know anything about Mardi Gras, you know about the baby cake, right? And like, there's this like mascot that's been floating around the teams. Like, mm -hmm. he comes to Pelicans games during Mardi Gras called the King Cake Baby. Oh, <laughs> it's the creepiest mascot of all so time. So that predated the baby cakes or did he? It predated the baby cakes. Ah, so yeah. everyone already <laughs> knew about this like creepy baby cake guy. <laughs> and it's the creepiest mascot of all time. And the Pelicans know that it's the creepiest mascot of all time. Uh, and they do things like promotional things that like when you order a, a, a king cake to go like on like a Postmates or whatever, uh, the the king cake baby will sometimes like deliver it to your door <gasps> in mascot uniform. Oh my god! It's so creepy. That's so funny <laughs> and terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> so the man, you really did kind of exist there in a pretty transitionary time for New Orleans sports with the. Uh, 
like NBA franchise going through yeah. <laughs> name changes and ownership and things like that. And nobody wanted, that was the Pelicans, nobody wanted to call them the Pelicans except for the people running the team. Really? Yeah, who were the adamant in calling them the Benson Pelicans. Benson? Yeah. This. Yeah. <sighs> what did the city want it to be? The Brass. Oh, just as kind of like a fuck you to the jazz. <laughs> <laughs> But the brass is pretty badass. The brass is pretty badass. I like that a lot. I think it'll it'll make its way somewhere into a team name. I could see it too. That's yeah. cool. I like that a lot. The brass is really cool. It's real tough. Yeah, it's real tough. There were a couple other options, uh, but man, the brass would have been cool. Uh, do you think the team is going to suffer because they have to play under the Pelicans moniker? <laughs> <laughs> I... <laughs> Well, I don't know if they can suffer more than they have been suffering. <laughs> What's their last few years been like? It's been it's been bad. Yeah. It's been So it's interesting because when you're looking at good GM, like a good GM versus a bad GM, you're trying to establish like if a a good GM usually has a plan and that plan usually works. Right. And a bad GM usually doesn't have a plan and just goes after players. Gotcha. Which is interesting because the Pelicans had a plan, but the plan didn't work. Oh, uh, so now they're kind of going to the who can we get? Right. Mode. And and now they're kind of, this is like a do or die year for them. Wow. Uh, yeah. Do you think there will be some changes in the front office there? Like, do you think there's as much loyalty to that front office as there seems to be to the structure of the Saints? Well, Dell Demps, the GM, has been there for a while, mm-hmm. um, even though there are many times that he could have been fired. And the coach, Gentry, is, is I think this is his third year. Wow. That's but not nothing. It's not nothing, but it's, it's been a rough three years. Yikes. I think that there's not another team in the NBA with getting this result from Anthony Davis would still have Gentry as the coach. Interesting. Yep. Yeah. The real issue over the last three years is injuries. Oh. Yeah. Ain't that always... It's true. It's yeah. always it. The, the strategy that didn't work was once we traded Chris Paul away, which is the foremost moment in New Orleans basketball history, is they traded Chris Paul. Um, which and they, he just left again, right? Yeah, he, he just get... left the Clippers. Right. Um, and it's like one of those things where people in New Orleans love Chris Paul still. Man. Which is great. I think that's great. Man. It's, yeah. I think that's so hard as a sports fan to see an athlete that you really fell in love with as a member of a team that you were a fan of and to not follow them through to their other teams. Like yeah. In this World Series, the catching battalion for the Astros is Brian McKinn and Evan Gaddis, and they both started their careers with the Braves. I thought Brian McKinn would be a franchise player. Uh, I didn't think I was ever going to have to watch him play in any other <laughs> uniforms. Sure. He was my guy. Yeah. He was my guy growing up, you know? He was my David Ortiz. And I fucking love getting to watch him on a World Series stage. Like, he hit a solo homer the other night that ended up being the difference maker, and it was just like, yes! Yes! My guy! My guy! He hasn't played for the Braves in fucking four years or something insane like that. But he'll always be my guy. Yeah, totally. I am going to be heartbroken if Anthony Davis leaves. Yeah. Uh, It... 
is one of those things where, where in every other scenario with every other team, when something like this has happened, they've left. Mm. But hey, maybe right. it's New Orleans. Maybe it's different. Maybe he likes enough about playing there and wants to help see the franchise into the future and things like that. Right. Drew Brees stayed after three terrible years. Yeah. Uh, where the defense was just terrible and he was amazing. Right. Right. That's the thing about Brees is he, the team seems to never keep him from being an incredible player. Oh, he's really good. <laughs> he shows up regardless of what's going on around him. And there's no reason he should be that good. Yeah. There's no reason. He's little. He's little. He like, his arm strength is not elite. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Like, I have no idea why Drew Brees is so good. Man. Uh, That's so fun, though. It's so fun. It's it's more fun to watch a player like that succeed than, like, I don't know. I don't want to say Cam Newton, but that's the first name that came to mind. Because Cam Newton is a an athlete. Like, yeah. he is huge. He, you know, you know why Cam Newton is good at football. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, on paper, on the field, you look at him and you're just like, damn. Yeah. That guy got here for a reason. Totally. But Drew Brees is like this scrappy little, like, who's that guy? Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> and Cam Newton is just like, sticks his foot in his mouth so often. Yeah, that's another thing. I didn't think about that, he, that he's been in the news because I can't talk to him about routes, apparently. That's right. <laughs> <sighs> what an idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It goes, it definitely goes back to like, he's still a pretty young guy. He came up in this toxic environment and blah, blah, blah. But come on. With, with Drew Brees, like, <laughs> like this is one of my favorite parts about Drew Brees is Drew Brees is the spokesperson for a bunch of, uh, uh, like pyramid schemes. No way. Yeah, 100%. He's oh, like come on, Drew. the face of a ton of scams. Oh, no. What is it? It's like there are a bunch of different ones. Is it like su- supplements and stuff like that? I think uh, his big one was like like a bracelet that gave you oh, balance. You of know? course. Right. I think I've even seen an ad for one of those BS things. Right. With him in it, I mean. But it's okay. Because that's just, like, what he's going to (laughs) do. And I earnestly believe that he thinks they work. Uh, I bet you're right. Yeah. I bet he does. Because we were just spent, you know, a a couple minutes talking about how is this guy so good. Right. (laughs) Probably because he has, like, electromagnetic bracelets. (laughs) That's what it is. Coming from all sides. (laughs) (laughs) That's totally what it is. (laughs) That's really funny. What... Uh, have people kind of drawn to Anthony Davis surrounding. So if people look at Breeze and they're just like, this guy just shows up every time. He's always there. You know, we don't care if he's selling us magnetic bracelets or not. What's like Anthony Davis's thing in New Orleans? Anthony Davis is kind of like the opposite of Drew Breeze. Anthony Davis is very quiet. You know, like people don't really see him in public that much. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is a freak athlete. Yeah. Like he is he can make every single shot on the floor. He can jump through the ceiling. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. Um like it's re- like he might I earnestly believe that he has like all of the tools to be the best player in the NBA. 
That's awesome. Um, and DeMarcus Cousins is also... You could say pretty much all those things about him. Yeah, well, he's not, he's not as fast as Anthony Davis, and he doesn't... He's... DeMarcus Cousins will, like, beat people up in the post. Oh. That's, like, his thing. His thing is, like, that he's, like, not going to run around you. He's going to run through you. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of a good duo both yeah. together. And, like, DeMarcus Cousins, his nickname is Boogie. Right. So, like, Boogie and the Brow is, like, just so oh good. Oh, my. Boogie <laughs> and the Brow. Do I love that? Boogie and the Brow. Yeah. So good. Uh and then there are some other, like, really likable players on the Pelicans. Uh, Drew Holiday has, right. has this, uh, this reputation around the league for missing games and, like, being injured. Which, like, he was injured, especially during his early years here. Uh, basically, after the Chris Paul trade and once we, we drafted Anthony Davis, our big strategy was to get young veterans Oh. Which are like really young players, but have been in the league for a while and are like above average players. Right. And we went after Drew Holiday and Tyreek Evans and a bunch of, yeah, players like that. We went for Omer Sheik. Like a Kyrie Irving, would he kind of fit that bill? He would now. Okay. Kyrie Irving is is kind of like an offensive machine, though. Yeah. Both of those players are just like really solid. Gotcha. Um, I, I, yeah, I was just kind of trying to like gauge whether I could actually contribute so much to this <laughs> Yeah, well, Kyrie Irving's interesting on a little bit of a tangent because he did the opposite of what Kevin Durant did, which is like he wants to lead a team. Right, he didn't he, like being the number two guy. Right, and he also got vilified. Yeah, that's interesting. You can't do it right. You can't. You can't do it. Right. Uh, it's impossible Everyone's to... going to be mad if you move, regardless of like what your reasoning is. Exactly. Yeah. Except for New Orleans fans with Chris Paul, <laughs> who totally understand. Like, hey, Chris, uh, look, we're going to love you forever. We, we wish you were playing for us. <laughs> right. Like this past year, a bunch of people were like, maybe we'll re-sign Chris Paul, which oh. was never a possibility. Isn't it so funny what sports fans will say just to like keep a little inkling of hope in their hearts. Totally. 100%. 100%. The Braves got Brandon Phillips this year uh, as a fill-in, basically, uh, because we didn't want to box out anyone in our very good farm system. And the guy who we had, who was going to play second, got injured in the offseason. And when we picked him up, I was like, this is insane. We're talking about one of the best second basemen in baseball period of the last, like, decade. Who He was a franchise player. I'm sure it tore the heart. I've talked to Reds fans who it, like, tore the heart out of for him to come to Atlanta. But that's where he's from. So he was so jazzed to, like, be playing with a really young team and kind of being that guy. I wouldn't even call him a young vet at this point. Like, he's just a vet. <laughs> and he left right before the trade deadline to go to Anaheim because they were still kind of in the hunt and uh, did not make the playoffs. And there are rumors that, especially because he waived a no trade to go to the Angels, that he would come back. And I'm just like, 
that is Ugh. so pie in the sky. Ugh. Like, because like I said, he like we only ever got him because he was supposed to be that guy for a year. Because yeah. he was supposed to like help the middle infield and bring all this uh, experience. And I know for a fact he did that. And it was so fun to watch him. Such a great like post game interview guy. Just smile on his face from the moment he steps in the stadium to the moment he leaves. Incredible player to have on your team. So of course everyone's just like he'll probably come back. Right? He's gonna. He's totally gonna come back, guys. <laughs> Like he just spent a couple months uh, with the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim and he'll come back. He'll come back. And uh, he's, I think there's little to know. <laughs> yeah. Red Sox fans had the same hope about John Lester. Right. They traded yes. him away and they're like, yeah, who's coming back? It's just like, uh, what a good move by the Red Sox. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, Cubs will get a World Series out of him and then he'll be a Red Sox again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I remember that. Yeah. I really do. It was the same. It was the same storyline. Was yeah, it's just a rental. Right, he's coming right back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Meanwhile, I think the Yankees would have been glad to be rid of Araldis Chapman, and he actually did come back. That's some <laughs> Yankees bullshit that they pulled. <laughs> Anyway, I did the baseball thing again. Uh, who would you love to see come to New Orleans? Like, who is there someone in the in either league, uh, the NFL or the NBA, who you just be like so pumped to be a fan of at, on those teams? Oh, that's a good. Or question. maybe are just like a really good fit for the team for what they need or anything like that. Yeah. Well, the Pelicans really need a three, a guy who can shoot three pointers and play good defense. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anyone in sp specifically. I would really like Robert Covington of okay. the 76ers to come down and play for the Pelicans. I feel like that's not out of the question. Like the 76ers are still pretty up in the air as a franchise too. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that he's – I think that the thing with them is that every one of those players buy into that system trust and none the of them are ever leaving. They all trying to trust that process. Right. <laughs> Which is – crazy like i don't know what philadelphia did with trust the process because they just traded away players for years like yeah. had no loyalty yeah and like all of a somehow sudden. that game like gained them an insane amount of loyalty from their players weird yeah that's really interesting well i guess we have a few years to see if it'll actually <laughs> pan out and they won't just be an embarrassment again <laughs> I think they're going to pan out. Yeah? Yeah. You think this is the the year they turned around? I think they're good. Yeah. Yeah. I think they low-key have uh, like a top 15 player in Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. Mm -hmm. That doesn't sound like a real person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. <laughs> okay. I like that. And then you can look back on this if... You Whenever you get a great defenseman who shoots three pointers and compare It'll it, never to happen. <laughs> <laughs> It'll never happen. <laughs> uh, they're just gonna be enthused to play with the lineup that they have now. That's exactly right, one hundred percent. It doesn't matter who's on the floor; they're great. <laughs> what do you think the vibe is at Pelicans games and Saints games when you've been, uh, in terms of visiting teams? Um, how fans treat one another in the game, et cetera. I think Saints fans are really nice. Uh, I went to a Saints-Giants game that was a really good game. And uh, we were in the same section as a Giants fan, and everyone was, like, really nice to them. That's awesome. Yeah. 
um, in like a way of like, man, that player is great. I wish he was on our team. Right. (laughs) Yeah. That's kind of, I've found that actually at most of the baseball games I've been to in Chicago is that, and maybe it's because the Braves are kind of, have this America's team moniker that a lot of people watch them growing up. So they're not necessarily a team that people hate. You know, I'm not wearing a Yankees hat or a Red Sox hat. It's not quite as, or even a Cardinals, like, sure. because it's closer. Um, that people more like, who's that shortstop you guys had last year? You know, yeah. <laughs> like, it's the same figure. Well, I think think that sports in general, and especially football in New Orleans, is, like, less of a game and more of an event. Ooh, fun. Uh, Love it. Yeah, like, and I think it stems all the way down, like, to to high school football, where high school football's big and it's an important thing, but the thing that's, like, almost bigger than high school football is, like, high school marching band. Wow, in New Orleans. Oh, of course it is. Yeah, because in New Orleans. Because the marching bands, they will march in Mardi Gras parades. Yeah. I bet it's so good. Yeah. Is there a lot of music at the basketball and NFL games too? Yeah. uh, The NFL, the Saints, every time they score, they play the Stand Up and Get Crumb. The (laughs) Jake Twins is, uh, yeah. Uh, That's really funny. I think it's the Ying Yang Twins. I think you're right. I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which is great. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, like, New Orleans has a different set of of, uh, music culture. Right. That's definitely where I'm coming from. Right. Where, like, you know, at Pelicans games... Trombone Shorty gets on the jumbo trot and, like, is like, here we go, pals, you know? That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Or in Chicago, it's a lot of, like, you know, Jim Belushi, I think I've seen do the, like, seventh inning stretch. (laughs) (laughs) The Cubs game I was at, Bill Murray was at. Nice, People seemed into that, yeah. Yeah, he did it. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's constantly drunk. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't think he's ever in public and not inebriated. Yeah, it seems to be... uh... A thing that he's going for at this point. Because he did the same thing last year during the the series where he would sing the seventh inning stretch and then just like kind of yell pretty <laughs> incoherently afterwards. And everyone was like, yeah, Bill Murray! <laughs> and I'm like, yes, he's, he's very funny. He's great. Like, this is very entertaining. I think he's very, very like out of his mind and inebriated. <laughs> yeah, and he was on Colbert and he was like, uh, right. he was drinking away. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty T-shirt. Yeah. Meanwhile, you guys got trombone shorty down there. Come on. <laughs> we got everybody. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a time. Well, I'm glad to hear that the fan bases are pretty welcoming of anyone coming into their houses. Yeah. I just think it's, you know, people having a good time. That whole thing kind of, is there a big tailgating culture and things like that? Or do you think it's just people would like go out for drinks in the city and then get make their way to the stadium? Yeah, you know, New Orleans is interesting because I don't think tailgating is as big just because everything is kind of a tailgate since you can drink outside. Oh, right. Anywhere. Yeah, right. Period. Done. <laughs> right. I have a, right. <laughs> I have a friend who works at a hotel. And this is going to be strange if he's listening to this and he hears me say this mm-hmm. because it's just a Facebook status he had. 
of like people ask me what to do in New Orleans and I'm like uh, drink outside and they're like oh but what's something that like the locals do and he's drink, drink outside, outside. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny yeah I didn't think about that you don't have to relegate it to the game no it's just a thing that yeah. you do you can just drink at your house and then drink outside on your way to the game yeah <laughs> and you drink on buses and stuff like that is there a public transport to speak of well you're not really allowed to drink while on a moving vehicle sure i mean there are party buses yeah um, hell yeah but there are drive-through daiquiri spots oh my god the rule is that if the straw is in it counts as an open beverage but as long as the straw is out it's not open oh my god yeah oh my god yep that's absurd it's great so, I don't know if this is bearing the lead if you want to talk about it on mic, but you said you write for the Pelicans. Yeah, I write for The Bird Writes, which is like a Sports Illustrated affiliate in... W-R-I-T-E-S? Yep. Yep. Um, a sport. Oh, so it's like the Pelicans Sports Illustrated page. Exactly. Got it. Yep. Awesome. That's <laughs> so cool. Yeah. How did you get that gig? I wrote a couple articles just for fun. And then message the people there like, hey, can I just do this in an official capacity? And they were like, yeah. That's so cool, dude. And you've been doing that since? Oh, man. Almost a year? Nice. Yeah. I love the idea that you just started doing it out of, because it was fun and you love the team that much. And then we're just like can I please continue to do this under a more formal capacity? Yeah, it was kind of... I, the articles I write, I think, are sufficiently bizarre. Okay. Uh, and they kind of just let me do that. I love that. <laughs> Which I is nice. that. Yeah. That's so fun. Yeah. So you got to kind of bring your own voice to it? Yeah. I think the last article I wrote, I wrote, like, the first, like, 400 words of the article was a made-up story I made of, like, a... Man from the Czech Republic. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is hilarious. Yeah. So do you feel like you watch games out of a little bit of obligation to that? Or is it just kind of, uh, you know, convenient? <laughs> <laughs> I definitely don't watch it out of obligation to that. Um, it's just fun to, like, be back there for a second Aww. when I'm here. Yeah. Uh, That's so sweet. <laughs> also, it's like uh, I've been following these players for a while. Someone like Anthony Davis, who I've seen come into the league. Right. And like uh, is great. It's rewarding when they win. Of course. Yeah. 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 Seeing him go from being a rookie to being like a nationally known player and a franchise player that you're hoping to <laughs> keep for yeah. as long as you can. Yeah. <laughs> And it's also fun. Everybody thinks the Pelicans are going to be really bad. The same with the Saints. Everybody thought the Saints were going to be really bad. I did think they were bad. Yeah. I misrepresented them, like, very clearly at the very (laughs) top of this conversation. Uh, Yeah, but once you're, like, really following a team and you get to follow the Pelicans and the Saints, you get to see what the owners are seeing a Mm. little bit, and you get to see where they're putting your hope, and you get to put your hope there, too. Interesting. Yeah. So you're seeing who they're betting on, who's getting the snaps, who's getting the minutes. Totally. 
what all that looks like from start to finish. Man. Like the Saints have had the worst defense in the NFL the past three years. And this year our defense is good. Like weirdly good. And it's because like a bunch of our young players stepped up. Nice. So you're like seeing the young players that they're getting and you're like, can they step up? And then when they do, it's like. So exciting. Yeah. And you, it makes you go like, oh man, the last few years of struggling have totally been worth it. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's a big excitement. That's part of the reason why people wanted the Cubs to win so badly last year. That's part of the reason why a lot of fans want Houston to win this year because both teams saw these ridiculous rebuilds and some really trash years of baseball. And now it's like, no, this is what they were working on. This yeah. is it. Yeah. This is what they were putting together. <laughs> we got to see if it works. Meanwhile, the... This year's series has a good narrative of the Dodgers have the biggest payroll in baseball. A lot of the payroll isn't even in their World Series uh, lineup, like isn't even playing because it's like you're Adrian Gonzalez. This is the guys who've watched them try to build it all up who don't have what it takes anymore. Right. It's really interesting. Yeah. And you get that in the NBA right now. It's like everyone knows the Warriors are going to win the finals. Right. So you get to be the perp, like the people who are trying to bring down the warriors, which is right. awesome. It's right. like a real life evil empire that you get yeah. to fight against. Yeah, anyone who's going up against them, you know, it's. I've heard that a big part of the narrative for this year already is like <laughs> the Cavs will probably stumble their way into playing the Warriors again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's that. that's so frustrating. It is, uh, and the. It's a really weird landscape in basketball. It seems like it. Yeah. Uh, what do you think is... You mentioned earlier that sometimes you don't feel like games are games so much as events. They're things to sure. do. Do you feel like that when you watch now, it's even though you're not in person as much... Yeah, I think that it's like a living vicariously through it now. Yeah. Um, Do you keep in touch with a decent amount of people in New Orleans? Oh yeah. Via sports? Um, not really. Really? Yeah. So uh, you're kind of like the one of your friends who actually cared. That's right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that game. Yeah, all of my friends in New Orleans right now are, you know, like comedians or artists who just don't care about sports Man, at all. Man, but you got so gung-ho into it while you were there. Yeah, well, my, my brother lived there for a while. I was going to ask if it was a family connection. It is. Uh, so you text your brother about New Orleans sports. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's kind of interesting because um, sports in general, like what what happened? It used to be that, like, sports were cool, and then I got into sports, and then sports are dorky. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, I see what you mean, because it has become a very hack joke to mock sports fans. Right. To use phrases like sports ball and, sure. like, mock people for enjoying uh, feats of strength. Etc. <laughs> I think it's because you travel in circles where traditionally people were mocked for not liking sports. Mm. 
and I think the rise of nerd culture. And interestingly, the other topic that you thought about discussing, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, truly mainstreaming superhero stories, Mm -hmm. making them the biggest films, the biggest pop culture, period. So all of that culture now is kind of in in a lot of ways uh butting heads with sports culture it's taking it over yeah and, but uh, there's so much crossover it's absurd it's completely diminutive like it totally undermines oh, totally. people being able to contain multitudes right to just boil this down to you're either a nerd or you like sports it's bullshit oh it's total bullshit yeah uh and I do like sports in a really nerdy way. Yeah, of uh, course. <laughs> and, you know, I also think that part of it is that you can't dissect sports for too long without being like, oh, I'm dissecting sports. Super nerdy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at least when you're like dissecting like heroes like Marvel and DC, <laughs> you're like dissecting like stories and like talking about story that's and interesting movies but when you're th- talking about sports you're talking about like giant men who like are overpaid to <clears throat> play a silly game right who when they're you know don't listen to you yell about sports they're too busy like watching television in their jacuzzi right yeah sure I think it's funny that you put it like that because I honestly think those two things are the same. When I hear people talk specifically about source material for comic book films, uh, my eyes just immediately glaze. Like, well, in this issue of blah, blah, Superman was blah, blah. And I'm just like, ooh, I've only seen some of those movies. So I can't get as dense as you seem to be able to. And I, I think sports is the same way for some people. Some some people watch it really casually and they're, uh, you know, a quote-unquote Cubs fan. They might go to a few games every season, but they don't know what's happening on a day-to-day basis. But there are people who absolutely do. There are people who haven't missed a Pelicans game yet and know exactly who looks good for the team so far and knows the story behind all of those little... That's totally it. And that's why I love sports and why this is the best time ever to be a sports fan because of Twitter. Totally agree. And you know what your favorite sports players are like and what's important to them. Yes, uh, so, when, yeah. <laughs> for better or worse. Right. When Mitch Trubisky was the <laughs> first round draft pick for the Bears, <laughs> it's a very old tweet surfaced. <laughs> it's <laughs> that was simply, I love kissing titties. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> and of course, that is absurd but the kid he was in fucking college like (laughs) if you had twitter in college and you were drunk there's a decent chance that you tweeted something dumb that's right and for mitch trubisky it was i love kissing titties (laughs) and you can't tell anyone that that's not funny (laughs) you can't tell anyone that's not funny and the best part about that is that every defense that Mitch Trubisky faces knows exactly (laughs) everyone knows they know like Three or four years ago, this kid <laughs> tweeted, I love kissing titties. And that is hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's 
It's so good. And I think with superheroes and like you get all these alternate universes with superheroes and like it's the fun of it is following this like causality. And if he can do this, which no one's ever done before, what does that mean for the next thing? Interesting. Yeah, of course. um, And it's a similar thing with basketball, which is like. Oh my God! Anthony Davis added a three-point shot. If he can add the three-point shot, that's going to open things up for Boogie down oh, low. Oh wow! Cool. Right. I love that analogy. Uh, so it's cool that it's like following like the causality of like what players are doing, and also in comic books, right. what powers allow people to do. That's really interesting. It's the same for baseball. When a pitcher learns a new pitch, it's like, what are the replica? Like, what pitch will he rotate out? Like, will he still be able to use this? Like. He's losing velocity on his fastball. Like, it's, it's similar. I didn't think about the idea that that could be a, the same thing for another sport like that. Right. You get the, since there's a goal at the end of sports, the mm-hmm. championship, it's like, is this enough to push us over the hump? Right. And, like, you know, every team. It used to be that every team was thinking, yes, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, but now in basketball, especially, teams tank. Purposefully. Right. They lose on purpose. Right. Right. A lot. Yeah. Um, which right. no team, which the Pelicans have never tanked. Okay. Uh, which is kind of awesome. Yeah. I was going to say, as a fan, that has to be nice <laughs> to yeah. just see the team playing to their best ability all through the whole year. Yeah. As opposed to just like, eating shit for the last quarter of the season just to eat shit for another year after that. You know what I mean? Totally. Totally. <laughs> it's not like that first round draft pick is going to totally cha- like turn your franchise around. Right. Unless it's Anthony Davis. I was going to say. Did. Yeah. I was going to say. With some exceptions. Obviously. <laughs> obviously. Man. That is so fun. I never would have thought about like adding a new ability like that being such analogous to like well now <laughs> right and you superman get these... also can jump buildings <laughs> or what i don't know i don't know enough <laughs> <laughs> and the best part is when you get basketball scenes in smoothies like the catwoman <laughs> is there a scene at a game in catwoman oh man it's like one of the best movie scenes uh, in the history of sports movies. You Catwoman is a sports it. movie at heart. Oh, my God. That's so funny. <laughs> is there anything that when you entered this or in your life as a New Orleans sports fan, you would feel remiss to not mention that we haven't already discussed? I don't know. I think that there's a I – th- I think I've hit on this a little bit. But there's that culture in New Orleans – um, that it really gets to the heart of why sports are fun. Awesome. Yeah. So bringing everyone into one space, kind of being all experiencing something together. Yeah, and like it's something that, yeah, it has the city's title. Ooh, okay. So it's not even necessarily like Saints Pride. It's New Orleans, New Orleans. Pride. I like that a lot. And people in New Orleans, I think, are, I think people in New Orleans like New Orleans. Okay. Everyone is on board with New Orleans life. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> you gotta go. I want to. I really do. It's definitely. It's on the top of my list of places I've never been in the U.S. Like that, I really want to go. Yeah, and once you go for the first time, for the first time, you can go to for the second time, for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel your love of New Orleans sports has influenced you creatively? And how do you feel like it colors your life in general? I think that, you know, once moving to Chicago, there's another thing that I think the Pelicans and Saints games do for me now is I've been really busy since moving to Chicago. Sure. Uh, And, you know, life balance is... yeah. A, a thing that you should pay attention to in life. Yeah. I'm learning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It is. Yeah. I'm sure it's hard to remind yourself when you have all these like open ended assignments that are weighing on you. Yeah. And but if you're only pouring yourself into those, you'll be making yourself miserable. Right. And that's kind of the deal. The deal is, you know, for this year is like you're focusing on your work. Gotcha. Uh, in the film school. And. The New Orleans sports, getting to watch Saints games and Pelicans games allows me to not think creatively and not work. And in some ways, that's super valuable to right. my work and creatively. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great perspective to have on it. Yeah. That it's just like, a okay, I'm going to put everything else down and watch Drew Brees for a couple hours yeah exactly and like just be really into something yeah that you have no control over (laughs) and that (laughs) is like for these next three hours i'm not doing anything but i'm watching the sports game that's great and i'm sure a lot of that has been a relatively solitary endeavor but i know when i first moved to the city it behooved me to find a university of georgia football bar so i could like go to a bar and watch a georgia game and there were other georgia fans there who like also cared about the outcome and it kind of felt like a little surrogate home base so i'd recommend if you haven't to look up I'm sure there's a Saints bar in the city. There is. There has to be. Yeah. Have you been? I have, yeah. Have uh, you been to watch the game there? Yeah, it was great. It was awesome. great. Cool. <laughs> I'm recommending something to you that you've already done, which is good because you should have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it was great. And also, it was a little bit lonely. Really? I think that it was too... Uh, there were a lot of people there with their friends and stuff. Or it was like the uncanny valley of like New Orleans, and like the closer you get to New Orleans, the more it's not New Orleans. Oh, funny. You know? Okay. Okay. Um, I do. One of my roommates is from Louisiana, so I watch all the games with him, and okay. that's great. Good. Yeah. Good. As I feel like you have to have someone in your corner. Oh, definitely. Like when. Uh, my fiance and I are both big sports fans, so when we watch one another's games, we like get into it for the other person. And before that, my roommate was also from Georgia, so I got her really into the Braves. And like, you really have—I think you have to have at least one person. I, no man is an island. Oh no, I yeah. There's just not as much fun watching sports alone. No, uh, it's for me. It's way more passive. It's really hard for me to like 
maintain investment. And I don't think it's that I'm not into the sport. I think it's just like, it's meant to be enjoyed together. (laughs) 100%. I will say Pelicans games. Uh, Have you ever, the NBA league pass? Oh, I I have a similar thing for MLB, but. Sure. NBA league pass, instead of commercials, goes into the, you see footage from the Jumbotron at the stadium. Oh, no way. Cool. Oh, my God. It's the best. So in that way, you're like, this is an Uncanny Valley. I'm there. I'm like, there, this right. is the, okay. I'm watching the dance cam and, like. That's really interesting. That and there's no, like, halftime analysis. Going you get to, to see the, the bar was, show. like, close but not close enough. Right. Uh... You get to see the whole halftime show on the Jumbotron. 100%. Man, that's so cool. Yeah. The MLB and NHL apps are owned by the same company, and those are the ones I end up watching the most. My story is baseball, my fiance is hockey, et cetera, et cetera. And they (laughs) both just go to like blank where a commercial break is happening. I can't fathom how easy and how much more of an enjoyable experience it would be to just throw up that jumbotron footage oh it's so great that sounds amazing it's so great the last uh the, sh- the game last night the halftime show was uh was a woman on a really tall unicycle who would throw bowls from her feet and catch them on her head no way yeah that's oh, so, so cool <laughs> there was a woman at a dodgers game this season who um got on the jumbotron because she was just like dancing truly an elderly woman like gray hair glasses like crew neck sweatshirt for the dodgers her like middle-aged son is sitting next to her like pretty embarrassed dancing dancing they leave her up on the jumbotron for so long she fucking flashed the camera (laughs) she was wearing like this big full coverage bra so you're really just getting like a little bit of midriff and a lot of bra but of course everyone lost their my, it's like everyone's just like, yes, flashing grandma, yes, yes. And to imagine like being able to do that for the fans at home too. Oh, yeah. Like being in on, you know, the next thing that's going to be like a meme for your fan base as it happens. That's amazing. It's so good. It is like a little disconcerting at times where like you're like, these people don't know I'm watching them. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'm at a house in Chicago, uh, like in a small apartment of watching these people enjoy their time at a basketball game. That's really funny. It feels like you're encroaching on their privacy, even though there's tens of thousands of fans in that stadium. Right. It's like I'm sitting in a room, like drinking a beer, watching the dance cam of people who don't know that they're about to be on camera. That's very funny. I feel like it probably does inform uh the the way that you like it's probably a filmmaker that has that thought like oh these people are unwittingly being watched <laughs> <laughs> um well i feel like i could have a drink with you and unpack the mcu versus professional sports for truly hours <laughs> so we'll have to plan to do that in the future uh but for now thank you so much no absolutely this was a wonderful conversation it makes me want to um be sure i follow the saints and the pelicans through the rest of their seasons. all right and uh uh thank you 
for uh, bursting my podcast bubble. I'm so happy to do so. Uh, what an incredible thing. You're going you're gonna to be such a podcast guest. <laughs> you're just going to be getting invited to everybody's podcast. Oh, my gosh. Just, if only. I just know it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Frank. I love Thank you. Thank you. Mean Absolutely. Love you, too. This has been a Nerdalogs production. If you'd like to help make more things like this, please visit patreon.com slash to donate today and go to www.nerdalogs.com for more cool stuff. Thanks for being awesome. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.